Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, May 9th, 5.55 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. July corn futures down 10 and a half at 774 and a quarter. December corn down 11 and a half at 709 and a quarter. July soybeans down 14 and a half at 1607 and a half. November beans down 13 and a quarter at 1457 and a half. July Chicago wheat up 12 and a half at 1121. July Kansas City wheat up 20 and a quarter at 1190 and three quarters. July spring wheat up 18 and three quarters at 1227 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, leave me a comment. Comment. If you need some additional assistance from me, guys, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel it at any time. No other fee, no other obligation, nothing like that. But I'll send you a ton of information direct from me. Uh, morning emails, subscriber-only videos, grain marketing recommendations, weather info. Every Sunday during the growing season, I do a Sunday weather update, and I had one out yesterday. I talk about weather every Sunday, and I talk about what I think it means for the markets. I also did one on Friday. It was called, Will the Stock Market Kill the Corn Market? I talked about the sell-off in the stock market, what I think it means for the corn market, went through some history in regard to that relationship. So if you guys are interested in this sort of content, give that premium deal a shot. Remember, everything's mobile friendly. If you're on the go, this is super easily accessible on your cell phone. Piece of cake. Uh, We've got some heat headed for the Corn Belt this weekend, but we did have some rains over the weekend and into this morning. Uh, Notably wet areas over the weekend, uh, some of central Iowa here, south Dakota, parts of North Dakota, Nebraska, Eastern Corn Belt. There was a band in Ohio in particular that was really wet. So we did have some rains over the weekend. Radar here this morning, uh, fairly strong looking system over South Dakota, parts of uh, Southern North Dakota, and this deal will work its way east. Now, in regard to that heat, this is your maximum temperatures here over the next week uh, on my screen. You're going to see 80s uh, up to 90 degrees as far north as Minnesota this week. And that heat is going to hit the uh, western and central part of the Corn Belt, say Wednesday into Thursday. It's already here in uh, the south and Texas and Oklahoma working its way uh, up north. So this is a, a big shift in terms of temperatures. I mean, it's been pretty cool this spring, generally speaking. Uh, you'll see some areas that'll be kind of on the cooler side, like India. Indiana, Ohio will not be as warm. Um, South Dakota, say Western Nebraska, North Dakota will not be as warm. But this is a big heat wave here for the Southern Plains, the Mid-South, the Central, and, and parts of the Western Corn Belt, certainly. In regard to rainfall, you've still got some rains in some places. It's not a ton. You know, these blue areas on my screen here, like this eastern half of Iowa, uh, this is like up to an inch of rain in total over the next seven days. North Dakota, especially that northern, say two-thirds, still pretty wet. Uh, the northern half of Minnesota, pretty wet. So this is not ideal. It's not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect forecast, but I will go out on a limb on a limb and say that a lot of corn is going to be planted this week. You got that heat coming in. You don't have uh, rain everywhere. You've got a lot of areas that will be dry. You look at Illinois, they're going to get the heat and not a lot of areas are going to get the rain. And I understand some of these areas may need some time to dry out. Um, you know, it's not a perfect deal. It's not been a perfect spring. Uh, is that why the market's down this morning? Uh, that's a good question. You know, some people might look at the forecast and say, yeah, that's a bearish forecast. We're going to get the crop planted. And other people might say, uh, you know, the markets don't really react to planting delays. Uh, but maybe this year they do. Maybe this year they do because it, it's such a sensitive environment. You can't really say why a market's uh, doing what it's doing on any given day. 
Um, you look at the 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day, and this looks a lot better for a lot of areas. Uh, Central and Western Corn Belt, they're looking for below normal rainfall. And uh, 8 to 14, you're looking for below normal rainfall for a lot of the Corn Belt. Um, so this forecast looks a little bit better in regard to planting and prospective activity uh, here this week, in my view at least. Overseas weather remains a concern. I've got the uh, the France uh, rainfall map on my screen here or uh, forecast, but you've got concerns in, in France and Europe in regard to wheat. Uh, you've also got concerns in India. The wheat market is independently strong here this morning, and maybe that's part of it. Of course, you've got the Ukraine issue, which really hasn't been resolved. I'll talk about that here in a second. You've also got Brazil that remains dry. Um, so you've got uh, a lot of issues here overseas, uh, notably in regard to wheat, France, uh, some of Europe, uh, India, those sort of places. And then in regard to corn, uh, the Brazilian second corn crop, I think, is getting lighter. I don't know if USDA will make an adjustment on Thursday. I'll talk about that here in a second. The Ukraine-Russia situation is not improving. Russia held this big military parade through Moscow's Red Square over the weekend. I think they do that every year or pretty close to it. They had missile launchers and 11,000 troops and artillery. Putin compared the current fight to World War II and their fight against Nazi Germany. Some Western officials have suggested that Russia could use uh, the World War II anniversary to formally declare war, which would allow them to order a mass mobilization in order to assist a somewhat stalled invasion of Ukraine to this point. A lot of analysts uh, who follow the military situation there believe that Russia is short on manpower and that they will need to mobilize more troops soon if they wish to proceed. So the uncertainty regarding Ukraine, uh, crop production, and maybe logistics, more importantly, remains a big issue. So we do have a big USDA report on Thursday. This is the monthly crop production and WASDE report. In this report in May, USDA gives us our first look at the new crop balance sheets for corn, soybeans, and wheat. So that's the marketing year that begins on June 1st for wheat and then on September 1st for corn and soybeans. USDA is faced with an impossible task here. They've got to attempt to assemble global new crop balance sheets that will account for Ukraine, the Black Sea situation, in addition to their normal items, which are also impossible to predict. I mean, U.S. production, um, global demand, all that sort of stuff. They're going to start with trend line yields for corn and soybeans when it comes to the U.S. They're going to start with the March acreage numbers, and then they'll go from there. But this uh, will be an interesting report to see how their initial projections look. Large money managers or the funds uh, were net sellers of corn, soybeans, and SRW wheat in the week ending May 3rd. CFTC had their weekly commitment of traders report out on Friday. Funds were net sellers of 11,000 corn, 19,000 soybeans, and 4,000 contracts of SRW wheat in the week ending May 3rd. And I'm, I'd imagine that they've sold some more since then. Uh, despite some selling as of late, uh, these are still pretty big net long positions historically in the row crop markets. This is just a modest net long in SRW wheat, but there is still some big length in the row crops, uh, even though we've seen a little bit of selling pressure here recently. Equity markets are lower again this morning, continued pressure in the stock market and also in the global bond market. Uh, it may be cause for larger concern, generally speaking, just in regard to financial markets. You've got some big time liquidation here. Still, you've you've seen only a drawdown of 14% in the S&P from its all-time high. That's not even bear market territory by the textbook definition of it. Most people would say you've got to see a 20% drawdown uh, before you're in bear 
bear market territory, if you want to put bear market territory in quotes. Uh, investors, I think, continue to adjust to just a complete reversal in Fed policy. That reversal was very well telegraphed, but uh, this is a big deal. It's it's a big change um, because we've been in this environment of, of easy policy uh, for so many years. It's a big adjustment. Uh, we're going to have CPI data or inflation data out on Wednesday, and Biden is going. President Biden is going to speak ahead of that, which has led a lot of people to believe that those inflation numbers are, again, going to come in much hotter uh, than maybe what people expect them to be or that they're going to be really high uh, again, which I don't think would be a surprise to anybody at this point. Uh, the cattle market was kind of a mixed bag on Friday. Live cattle were lower. Feeders were higher. Cash trade was 138 to 140 in the south. The boxes were lower. In the outside markets, we've got the U.S. dollar higher. Stock market's off sharply. The S&P's up set off 77. The Dow Jones down 500 this morning. Uh, the bonds are off a full handle. Gold's down 25 bucks. Crude oil is down $2.55 in the June WTI. 107.23 last trade there. Everybody have a great week. Uh, stay safe. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.